hello and welcome to the Constructor Cast, your AGC place for all the news, views, and interviews relevant to your construction business. I am your host, Leah Poconis. The crisis you never expected suddenly strikes and you realize that everyone is going to want answers. Employees, their loved ones, company shareholders, regulators, the media, and then your phone starts ringing and people are at your office door. Are you prepared? The harsh reality is that 30 years of work can be destroyed in just 30 seconds. You can be sure that a crisis will put your organization's hard-earned image and reputation at risk. The focus of today's podcast is to share communication tips, techniques, and tools that any construction firm can use in times of crisis to protect their hard-earned image and reputation. With me today is Anthony Huey, an expert in crisis communication and incident response and creator of Crisis Driver, which is a software system that contractors can use on their phones or computers to manage any type of incident they might face on a job site. Anthony, welcome. Thanks for having me here today, Leah. Thanks so much for being here. I'm, I'm really happy and proud to be part of this Constructor Cast series. I think it's a fantastic offering that the AGC has for its members. And I, I, I invite everybody who's listening today to, to, to take a listen to the other uh, podcasts that you've done over the last several months. Well, thank you. I so appreciate you saying that. So I want to start out by inviting you just to say a little bit about yourself. Tell us a little about your company called Reputation Management and just the work that you've been doing with the construction industry and AGC. You've been doing a lot with AGC lately. Absolutely. So I'm an international keynote speaker and a communication consultant, and I really do three things in life. The first thing that I do is I help organizations work with the news media and others, customers, for example, in the good times. So when you're trying to generate a little story about some project you got going on, I help you be a little bit more successful placing that on TV or the local newspaper. Second thing that I do is the exact opposite of that. So when one of, one of your senior managers gets arrested for dealing meth out of the trunk of his car, or you have an accident on the job site, a data breach, workplace violence, sexual harassment lawsuit, I help you survive that day of Armageddon. So I do a lot of crisis consulting and a lot of crisis training. That's what we're talking about today. And then the third thing that I do, which is about half what I do, is executive and in, in presentation, coaching, general communications, training. I help organizations more effectively communicate, whether it's with one person across the desk in a job trailer, when you're doing a little safety talk on the job site, when you're running a meeting, when you're interviewing for the $300 million project downtown, or when you're speaking at the AGC's annual convention in front of 2,000 people. I help people to stand up and be a more effective communicator. Specifically for the industry, I really focus on two major things. The, the first is uh, presentation coaching. So I work with contractors to prepare them for the $300 million project downtown, how to work with them on their presentation and the Q&A that comes after it. And then, of course, what we're talking about today, crisis communications. I help contractors prepare for, that's plan, and do some training and then communicate in the middle of their negative event or crisis. Great, thanks. So, not to focus on the negative, but sometimes the lessons learned can be so helpful. Can you share with our listeners, when a company's faced with a crisis, and obviously you've worked with many of them, what mistakes do you commonly see business people make in their outreach and communication? 
Well, that's a great question. There are literally dozens of micro mistakes that I see contractors making, and that's construction managers, general contractors, subcontractors in a not just a crisis situation. And that's an important point to make to your listeners is that we're not just talking you're blowing up the job site and the media are descending upon you, but anytime that you have a negative event, that could mm -hmm. be we're running five weeks behind schedule on the project, we're $50 million over budget. I, there's dozens of these little mistakes that contractors are make, but you know what I want to talk about is really a, it's an umbrella mistake, a, a overarching mistake that companies make, and it's that they don't think about the perception that they leave with the people that they're communicating to in a crisis. My mantra, my philosophy in life is the phrase perception is truth, perception is reality. What the people perceive is what the people believe, and I argue with people about this all the time. And here's the problem. In our society today, it is the news media and others, the owner, the community, employees, neighbors, who control that perception. There was an incident that happened a couple years ago. I'm originally from Ohio. I grew up in Dayton, Ohio. I went to The Ohio State University. About five years ago, we're living in Columbus. And after the 23rd straight day of below zero weather, my wife said, why are we living here? And I said, because my business is here. And she says, but you're on the road every week. And I said, good point. So I said, all right, honey, if we're going to move south, we're going to go all the way. So we moved to a place called Sarasota, Florida. And two years ago, September, I was so excited because it was my first hurricane. So as a Midwesterner, I had no idea what to expect. We're used to tornadoes. So we have these shutters on our windows. We batten down the hatches. Uh, the Hurricane Irma hits on a Sunday night. That, the next morning, we woke up, nervously threw back the shutters, looked around, whew, bless the Lord, a lot of yard debris, but no damage whatsoever, so we dodged a bullet on that one. So that night, I'm watching CNN, and Anderson Cooper's doing a live shot from a place called Bradenton, Florida, which is five miles from my house, and behind Anderson is this massive tree that had been completely uprooted. I guess it was a trailer or some sort of uh, the structure that had been shredded into a thousand pieces of metal. There were baby diapers and clothes all over the scene. Now, you're sitting in Washington, D.C., New York City, Detroit, Michigan, Denver, Sacramento, wherever, and you're watching that. What's your perception mm -hmm. of what happened to the west coast of Florida? Devastation, right? right I looked at my wife and I said, huh? We got in the car, we drove out there. It was the only damage within 50 square miles and Anderson Cooper found it. Yeah. So in our society today, it's the media and others shaping that larger perception. So my contractor clients, they don't think about that. They just go in there, they, 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 they don't communicate effectively. And then that perception, a lot of it's negative, is built around how they respond. Yeah, yeah. And that's a challenge to control perception. I mean, it sounds like you're saying the most important fundamental piece here is is reputation management. And I want to know what that means to you. Sure. When I started my company 20 years ago, reputation management meant something a little bit different than it means now. Reputation management now means, you know, I got arrested and it's on Google and I want to drive it down on the search ratings. In the old days, in traditional public relations, reputation management means three things. The first thing that reputation management means is protecting your reputation before you have a crisis. There is a number of things that contractors need to have in place now before they have that negative event, whether it's a major crisis or a crisis on the job site with the owner. 
listening to this podcast right now and your other podcasts that relate to this topic is, is, is preparing yourself before a mm -hmm. crisis. The second part of reputation management is protecting your reputation in the middle of mm -hmm. your crisis. How you communicate to not only the news media, but a whole lot of other people. For example, employees. Did you know that your employees are your biggest sources of leaks in a crisis? There's this new technology. You might not have heard of it. The AGC should talk about it. It's called social media. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think social media right. is important in a crisis? So if you're not communicating to your employees, they're going to Facebook post, they're going to tweet, they're going to Instagram. In fact, you know, kind of a, a serious story I want to tell you is I have a client who's a road builder. And tragically, last year they had an accident on the job site. One of their workers were, was hit by a car, instantly killed. The superintendent on that job site picked up his phone, texted his wife and said, Martha, pray for Bob. He was just killed. That guy's wife got onto Facebook, posted on Facebook for everyone to, to pray for Bob's family. Well, come to find out that Bob, the deceased wife, found out that her husband was killed on Facebook. So if you are not communicating to your employees in a crisis situation, that's how misinformation and rumors get out there. So how you communicate to the government officials, the owner, who's talking to the owner. So that, that's the, the, the second part of reputation management is protecting that reputation in the middle of your crisis. Mm -hmm. And then the third part of reputation management is mitigating the damage that comes after your crisis. So those are the three things that I, you know, I feel that I need to go in and I need to talk to my clients about how do you manage, how do you prepare for the crisis? How do you manage the communications in the middle of it? And then if you need, how are you mitigating it after your crisis? Okay, that's a great way to think of it in the three parts and it makes it digestible for us. So let's kind of break that down. What steps can a construction firm take right now talking to me like I'm one of your clients, I need to figure out how am I going to manage my reputation before a bad situation happens? Like what, what can I do to minimize financial loss and reputational damage? The biggest takeaway that companies that are thinking about these types of things can, 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 can get from this, this podcast here is you must have in place before you have a crisis, a crisis communications action plan. You need to have a document that you're able to open up instantly and it tells you who is going to communicate to whom, mm -hmm. when, and how. Who's obviously going to talk to the media? So who's your spokesperson, both at the corporate level and at the project level? But there's a whole lot of other people, as we were just talking about, who's talking to your employees, who's setting representatives to the hospital to, to, to handhold family members, to gather information, who's talking to the owner, who's talking to government officials, who's talking to the subcontractors, you need to have a document in place that tells you how to do that. Now, most of the companies that tell me that they have a crisis communications plan, really what it is, is it's an incident response plan that tells them how they're going to evacuate the job site, where the rally points are, and then they have one line in it that says deal with the media. Mm -hmm. It doesn't tell them how, who's going to do it, when it's going to happen. So it's really important that you have that plan in place. And that's where I spend the most of my effort with my clients is helping them prepare for all the eventualities that may happen if something bad happens. Well, and thinking about all the different people you're going to need to communicate with. So, you know, understanding, it sounds like you want it to be pretty detailed about who you're going to communicate with, who's going to be the point person, how you're going to do that you, outreach. You know, one thing I want to say is you cannot have a specific plan 
for any potential problem. I wish you could. I'll have clients that will want to hire me and say, Anthony, we want you to write us a crisis plan if we have a data breach. Then we want you to write us yeah. a crisis plan if we have workplace violence. Then if we have an accident. You can't do that. You know why? Every data breach is different. Every fatality mm -hmm. is different. The best that you can hope to have in place is a step-by-step -step granular level action plan that tells you exactly what you need to do in a crisis. So okay. a, a good crisis plan is is about a quarter inch thick. A waste of time per crisis plan is those old thick binders that right. gather dust on the shelf. So that's what I work on, really coming up with those granular level steps. Yeah, something that people are actually going to read and digest. Exactly. Now, your step two. Let's say, you know, unfortunately, a bad situation happens. And as you said, you, you can't predict exactly what it's going to be. But what are some steps that every construction firm needs to take right away, so as you said, immediately to manage what is a really bad situation? Well, after you call 911, you know, people's safety and health is far more important than the communication. So mm -hmm. once that gets taken care of, which should be within the first five minutes, the most important advice I can give contractors is you have to deal with your crisis head on. You have to deal with it as quickly as you can. My rule of thumb is you need to be down there at the, at the curb, either the proverbial curb or that literal curb, communicating within 30 to 45 minutes of your crisis, talking to employees, talking mm -hmm. to the owner, talking to the media. A lot of the misinformation, a lot of the rumors happen in the early hours of a crisis, Prime example, everybody may remember the Florida International University bridge collapse that killed a few people down there in, in Miami. Uh, it was all over the news. It happened in the morning. Uh, at the new news, I, evidently there was a, uh, a homeless person that had a cell phone, go figure. I don't know why a homeless person had a cell phone, but they took a picture, they took a video of the uh, a, a piece of equipment on the job site, leaving the scene, rounding the quarter, and disappearing out of sight. Well, they sent the video to the local meeting there in Miami, and the headline all day long was, contractor flee scene of fatal accident. Oh. Well, come to find out later on that the emergency responders had asked the contractor to move the equipment out of the way so they could get the emergency trucks in, the ambulances and the fire trucks, it was false information. But the company and, and the people involved in that incident did not communicate to the media, did not communicate to anybody really via social media or traditional media. So to this day, if you were to Google that bridge collapse, you will see stories that pop up that said that they fleed the scene. It's because they were not dealing with their crisis head on as quickly as they could have. Okay. All right. That's really great. Great information. Great insight. Let's talk about your third point. Uh, is there some more that you can share in the way of best practices if, in the aftermath of a crisis? We talked about mitigation practices, so to speak, farther down the road. Yeah, my, and this is going to seem kind of like I'm, I'm getting out of your answer, but truly, I've been on my value to my clients and to the people listening is I've been on dozens and dozens and dozens of actual crises of people blowing stuff up and bad things happening. And time and time again, the organizations that have done a good job before a crisis, preparing with their crisis plans and all those other things that need to have in place, and the organizations that do a good job in the middle of their crisis have a far easier job mitigating the damage that comes after it. Mm -hmm. So my biggest advice 
is to get your plan in place and to know what you're going to do if something bad happens. Now, if you there are circumstances where you, you may not be in prepared and you have to mitigate the damage, it's going, to, it's going to cost a lot more money. It's going to take a lot more time. And it really depends on the, the audiences that were affected with, to your, your incident. For example, if you had a large impact on the community, the neighborhood around your project, you may need to do some outreach to them. You might need to do some community build, building. You might need mm -hmm. to make donations. You might need to send people out in the community to hold town hall meetings, those types of things. You need to work with the media to mitigate the damage. You know, one thing, going back to what to do before, there are two times that you work with the media. They're the good times and the bad times, right? And contractors should be working with the news media in the good times for a few different reasons. One, it's free publicity. A news story, even in this era of fake news, a news story is four times more believable than a paid advertisement. So you want to work with the media just for general marketing and public relations. The second reason is you want to work with the media is to develop relationships with the reporters. What would you rather hear, Leah, if I showed up on the job site? Would you rather hear, hey, what's it been about six months since I covered your little event at Habitat for Humanity? Hey, what's going on today? Would you rather hear that or Anthony Huey, six o'clock news? I can tell you when I was a news reporter, if I knew you on a personal level, I would still cover the story, but I wouldn't go out of my way to be vicious. If I didn't know you, it didn't matter. So developing those relationships, very important. And then the third reason, primary reason you want to work with the media is you will build a reservoir of goodwill that you can spend if you have a crisis situation. There's this new technology, also perhaps you've heard of it, called Google. So if you have an incident, the very first thing the reporter's probably going to do is Google you. And what's going to come up? All of those stories, good and ill. Now, in 2019, if you had a fatality on a job site, in 2018, you had a sexual harassment lawsuit. And in 2016, you had uh, one of your workers had an inappropriate relationship with, one of, with somebody else. And in 2015, you, you, know, you had a data breach. And those are the only stories that come up. What do you think that does to the perception? But if you, in 2019, donated $50,000 to Habitat for Humanity, in 2017, you, you raised money for poor boys and girls around Christmas time, and in 2015, you had a scholarship to help disadvantaged individuals, and those stories come up, what does that do for your perception? There is no PR firm in New York City, Chicago, LA, wherever, or me, that can make your negative event go away. The best that you can hope to have is bring balance to the situation in the story. Sure, we've had an incident, but here's what we're doing about it. A lot of that balance is built before with that reservoir of goodwill. So if you haven't done a good job at that in the mitigation mm -hmm. part of it, you might have to do a little bit more community building, building that reservoir of goodwill. Right, but that's fantastic advice because speak out as much as you can about all the great things you're doing while you're doing them so that you don't have to be stuck in a situation where you're doing immense amounts of damage control Without after the fact. Question. Yeah, that's, that's great. Anthony, can you tell us a little bit about Crisis Driver? I mentioned that at the very beginning and I'd, I'd really like to hear a little bit more about how uh, that tool can help contractors. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm working with a different GCCM subcontract nearly every week all over the world, and I've been doing this for about 20, 25 years. And I've been teaching my clients all the things that we've been talking about in this podcast and a whole lot more. To be honest, I got so tired of my clients drinking my Kool-Aid at the end of my training session saying, hey, this is fantastic. We got to have a plan in place. We got to get our buy time statements written, all these other things that need to have in place that we were remotely able to talk about today. And then they don't do that. Mm -hmm. They don't go back and execute it because I really I don't think they know how to do it. So about two years ago, 
I pulled all these things that I've been teaching for the last 25 years together, and I created what is called Crisis Driver. So I'm, you know, I'm very proud to partner with the AGC about with this. It's an incident response platform that allay, that enables contractors to prepare for and quickly communicate in a negative event. So what it is is an iOS, Apple, mm -hmm. and and an Android mobile platform. There's a back-end web admin portal that you deploy in many different parts in your organization. So certainly it's at the job site. So someone of authority, a project manager, a superintendent, a foreman will have it. The corporate team has it, safety team has it. And if there's an incident, the superintendent opens up his phone, opens up crisis driver. The first thing he's gonna see is a big red alert button. He's gonna press it. That's gonna send alert out to everybody on the team by priority level, and then they can all get together and communicate. So the one thing Crisis Driver does is it pulls all the communications in a crisis together very quickly. One of my clients is a global chemical company. They had an incident, uh, I think, in Australia uh, two years ago. It took seven hours for four people to get together in seven countries. They had an incident last November using Crisis Driver. They were able to pull, I think it was 11 people together from four countries in seven minutes because it enabled them to quickly communicate in a negative event. So Crisis Driver has a way to alert people. It has my crisis communications plan loaded on it. So mm -hmm. if you don't have one, you can use mine as a template to customize. Uh, you can upload your own plan if you have that. It's got a way to house documents. It's got a way to monitor the m news media. So really it's, it's a crisis communication best practices in one place. And sure, there's a lot of platforms out there that can alert people, and there's a way. There's a lot of platforms that will house documents. What I've done is I pulled all the things together in one place for contractors to use. So everybody on your team would have this on their phone. They'll, it, like you said, it's an incident alert system, so everybody would get notified in the case of an event or an emergency. And then there'll be tools right there for you to act on the plan and, and follow through with the communication solutions. So it's all question. in one. It's, it's, it's a crisis communications program in a box. Yeah, in a Alert box. your team, have your crisis plan on it, have your documents on it, monitor the media, have your contact information, you can communicate with people. And also, it, through my partnership with AGC, I'm offering the members exclusive pricing that's not available to anybody else in the industry. Uh, uh, members have access to construction industry resources. I've preloaded uh, industry buy time statements, messaging documents, templates that they can use. Uh, if you don't know how to write a news release, I've got information on there for that. I've got included best man risk management best practices. It's got, again, my crisis communications action plan that you can, if you don't want to use it, chuck it out the window, import your own, but it's a place for a contractors to start and really it's a living breathing tool that as the partnership evolves we're going to be adding more things more resources that you will have uh, at your fingertips in a crisis pretty cool so that's awesome that it's a place for people to start so I really appreciate all the information that you shared and we're going to be explaining a lot of this in the show notes so people know where to go for information they know where to go to find you if they want to connect with you and get um, more face-to-face -face communication on this um, is there anything else that you'd like to share that we may not have touched on before we wrap up you know the, the one thing that I use to scare the heck out of my clients, and really I, I make a joke there, 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 there's two statements. One, and you mentioned it in your opening, is 30 years of hard work 
destroyed in 30 seconds if you mismanage your crisis. And it only takes a quick Google search of construction accident, construction death, construction embezzlement, construction fraud, construction issues to see that issues are happening in the industry every single day. And if you're not prepared to deal with it, bad things are gonna happen. And then the second thing I tell people is, by the time you hear the thunder, it's too late to build the ark. And unfortunately, you know, right now we're talking at the AGC convention and we're in the middle of the coronavirus outbreak. And I'm sure you all remember listening to this that during the, the outbreak that there were no hand sanitizers in stock in any stores. There were no Clorox bleach products available. People were buying toilet paper by the, the truckload because they didn't think they were gonna get them. You know, I live in Florida, and every time there's a hurricane, everyone goes to Home Depot and buys all the nails, and you can't find any nails. And people don't learn their lesson. I'm asking the contractors listening to this to think about this stuff now before you have a crisis. Don't wait, because if you're in the middle of your crisis, a lot of times people like me can't help you, and then it's going to be a lot more difficult to mitigate the damage after. Right. And, right. and finally, if, if you want more information, you can go to our, a special website that we've set up. It's agc.crisisdriver.com. You can learn more about the platform. I have a lot of videos, demos that you can see, and a, a, a listing of all the member benefits for, for you, the member of, of AGC. Great. Thank you so much, Anthony. I really, your energy is amazing. It's been great talking with you. I really appreciate your leadership and, and all that you're doing for the industry and just all the tools and information that, that you've developed and, and what you have out there for people to learn. So thank you very much. Thanks for having me today. Thank you all for listening. This has been the AGC Constructor Cast. Please subscribe to Constructor Cast from your podcast app or stream all available episodes right from your computer at www.agc.org slash constructor cast.